This week, we're delving into some beautiful minds as we look at what movie takes the crown in this week's Flame Off. What is the best movie genius? I mean, what is a genius? I mean, anyway, I mean, how many ways can you even be a genius? How many digits of pi are there really? All this and more right here on 24 Flames Per Second. Hello and welcome to another episode of 24 Flames Per Second. I am your host, Quasi Phillips, and this week it's time for a flame off. We are starting a brand new season, and this is going to be a good one. We're going to have all kinds of flame offs ready and roaring for everybody who is our incredible uh, fan base who are listening to these episodes. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we are having a good one today. Um, we you know what it is. It's a flame off where we try to find the movies that take the top spot in a new category each episode. And today we've got a good showdown here to help us find out what movie has the best movie genius. Is this the movies you thought? Maybe, maybe not. But our panelists this week are here and ready to go to find out what magical minds are best depicted as movie geniuses. I'm so excited. Um, it's always, it's always a good time because on the other side of the city for me right now, uh, is an incredible co-host, been with me for the jump, it's pretty fun. Casey Rom, how you doing? Good, doing good. It's a fine, what I call Super Monday, which is the first day back after a holiday. Um, you know, bittersweet, shorter week, but mm-hmm. crazier day to catch up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've, it's it always does feel like that. We're recording after Labor Day, um, and it is definitely... Huh, yeah, this was a rough one. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Let's be honest, <laughs> gang. <laughs> it's always a tough one coming back from that. But at least, you know, Seattle has blessed us a little bit of sunshine. So yes. we are we're good with that. Um are you uh are you looking forward to any movies coming out soon? Because I feel like we're in this weird place where, you know, we have we've been off the air for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, we've we've we were able to watch Nope together, which is pretty Yeah, fun. Nope was great. Um I think the next one I'm really looking forward to is I don't know, actually, you know, we gotta we have horror season coming up and I can't even like think horror season. I can't even think of like what's coming out and so I don't know. I feel like we're kind of in a lull right now, but um, Absolutely, yeah. I'm excited. There's actually a couple of uh, movies coming to streaming that I'm excited about. Um, nice. I just saw a trailer for one that's going to be on Paramount Plus um, <laughs> with Micah Monroe from uh, It Follows and Jake Lacey. And it's like a they go on a camping trip or a hike or something and he mysteriously disappears. And oh. it's like, did she do it? Did she not? Um, maybe, maybe. So yeah. I'm excited for that one. And I... Um, you know, Orphan First Kill also went to Paramount Plus, so maybe Paramount Plus is going to be my my new o- home, my October spot. <laughs> For those uh, who are fans of the show, you know, every year we try and do a twenty four hour horror movie marathon from twelve p.m. on Saturday to twelve p.m. on Sunday. It's just nonstop, and me and Robert Bohorquez we put together this great playlist. We've got a huge backlog that we're going to work through, and every year there's just new ones we keep finding. So. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if you're around, hit us up. You may be able to come through and see that. But uh, if yeah, and I, I mean, we always post the list for anyone who wants to watch along with us. So um, yeah, so yeah, there is a lot of interesting horror movies coming out soon that I'm looking forward to. Also, it is strange that there's all these <laughs> like like the different streaming services that are now getting originals. It's kind of crazy. Like coming to Roku original is yeah. the Weird Al movie. Like it's it's kind of insane that they're like there's there's is a cable box amount of platforms now, which yeah. is frustrating. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, the only reason I even have Paramount Plus is because I'm a huge Survivor fan. Well, and there you go. all of those CBS shows to. go to it. But I'm like, there's, you know, pro- uh, probably a lot of people out there that don't have this service who won't see <laughs> yeah, these potentially great movies. <laughs> it's, it's rough. It's rough. But you know what? We do have a couple of good ones on today. Mm-hmm. So we are going to kick it off. Casey? your judge and jury today so it's gonna be me and one other incredible panelist he's a friend of the show mr evan christopher evan how's it going hey it's going great how are y'all doing glad you finally let me in i've been waiting in the green room for the last (laughs) 30 minutes yeah yeah it's it's just let you kind of stew there in your own genius while we were waiting uh so you can bring bring the bring the big guns for this oh my idea is gonna be a real good cup of hot coffee coming at you I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh man, is he doing well? Doing well, man. Oh I'm yeah, no, you. I'm doing all right. You know, on the Zoom. Uh, you know, going around painting minis, trying to you know make my uh, podcast better. Uh, trying right. to trying to play catch up on movies, um, especially with you know everything that's coming out. Really haven't seen much that's like really got, got me by the boo boo. So. <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 a hard hard find the ones that catch you by the boo-boo oh yeah uh, yeah <laughs> this, i forgive me i didn't do your introduction properly friend of the show and host of the incredible save the da podcast for the which i am assuming you're creating those incredible minis for oh yes i'm trying to yeah exactly trying to like what is it i got a 3d printer so i've been trying to like print out minis so i can make like little visual like visual scapes for when the crew go and do something so it's very time consuming and anybody who likes to paint minis know it takes forever <laughs> um definitely i have like a pile of shame that is probably about the size of a moving box of unpainted minis <laughs> the sid's toy box uh of, of rejects <laughs> dude you'd be surprised about how many times like i have one of these minis and like they'll break and a minute uh-huh. and, like a small part of me will go oh man and i'll go oh, it's all right i'll just print out a new one but now i can take this broken one and i can like attach other things to it to make it even cooler yeah really a sid's toy box of reject rejects that's pretty yeah, cool <laughs> work in fact i'm gonna probably write that now on the box it's just sid's <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, well, listen, we we can gab all we want, but we know we're enemies here. We have two competing movies for movie geniuses, and you know what? We got to get into it uh, because we both have brought some great movies to discuss. What geniuses? You know what? Why these movies are so great? Why they depict these movie geniuses so brilliantly? So, without further ado, Evan, why don't you hit us? What did you bring that represents? the best movie genius well you know you kind of came at me with left hook on this one because uh you know i was trying to go for the the streak on keeping up with my james cameron movies consistently just dominating 
uh-huh. fortunately, when we had talked about this, I was just like saying, oh, I'm just going to bring James Cameron because, boom, movie genius right there. Can't say no. But I realized, oh, you meant geniuses in movies. And I saw I couldn't say Cameron. I couldn't say James Cameron. I sure did. Yeah. I sure did. So I thought about it and I thought about it. And I was like, okay, if we're going to go off of individual qualities on showing off of the genius, I'm going to have to say it's Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man. Love it, love it, and w- so tell me more. Like, what, what, what movie did you bring? What exemplifies that genius? And you know, what, what, what's it about? Well, if we want to go on probably the pinnacle of Tony Stark at his most genius and like, like popularity top up there, it's gonna be Iron Man two, right? Because in Iron Man two, sure, he already has the suit. Give you that, but. It's a new suit. He's always consistently making more and more suits. Always. I think, I can't remember which mark it was. I think it was like Mark 20, 22 on this one. But you get to see him, you know, you can see that he's consistently has honed his degree. Also with this one, you can learn to find out with him that he has gone and done something that I think most people, not just here in America, but the world would ask for, a clean burning power source. He has created consistent, free-flowing energy without any sense of waste and could potentially power everything based on a metallic formulation that he goes through throughout the movie. Okay, all right. And this you're talking about that he creates an element, right? Exactly. He creates yeah, okay. an entire new element element he has added on to the periodic table of elements that no one else can be able to say except for him in the last what 10 20 years fair enough fair enough i mean that's true you gotta gotta give it to the guy i mean he you know gets he builds a suit in the cave and then he (laughs) he changes the the fabric of the universe (laughs) (laughs) that's love you gotta love it you gotta love it uh well great um that's you know what that's that's true you know Tony Stark and Iron Man two definitely uh, a continuing the example of you know billionaire playboy genius philanthropist, mm-hmm. um, but I've got a couple of uh, not even a couple I got a trio of real geniuses coming at you hard because I brought Hidden Figures and Hidden Figures is the incredible story of Katherine Johnson, um, Mary Jackson, and Dorothy Vaughn who are three NASA scientists with black female NASA scientists during the the launch of Friendship 7 and Apollo 11, um, who brought their genius intellect into into a space that was dominated by white men and made it happen, fully made it happen in so many different ways. And it's not just the fact that you have the main story focusing on Miss Katherine Johnson, who by herself is an incredible woman, who funnily enough, when they were researching this movie, they were like, hey, Catherine Ross was like, we're not doing this movie without these other two women. Like, it wasn't just me. It was a team. And you got to respect that level of genius, but also of heart, you know? And yeah, you have... So Catherine Johnson and Mary Jackson and Dorothy Vaughn, or each of these women bring their own specific uh, work into the play. We have Mary, Mary Jackson, who's played by uh, Janelle Monae. Uh, she's fighting for a job as an engineer and has to go over all these different nonsensical bureaucratic red red tape that are in the way of black women succeeding and trying to get into the engineer uh, to become an engineer under uh, Carl Zlinski, who is a uh, Holocaust survivor, but also the head engineer also played by um, 
uh, Ole Krupa, I think is his name. Who Every time I see him, he either plays the most or least friendliest Eastern European person I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't, in an Italian job, he plays an incredible villain. In this movie, he plays an incre- incredibly kind person. So it's just funny how it bounces like that. Um, so yes, and so uh, so Mary Jackson's fighting her own battles there. Dorothy Vaughn, the other uh, character, is uh, kind of like their boss, but also a head a leader at this part of the campus. And she is not only battling for, you know, uh, the ability to be recognized as a leader within her role, but also on the sly, you know, teaching the people under her in her purview how to code and how to, you know, react to the introduction of IBM um, computers that are being uh, being a part of nasa calculations now so it's she has her own her own little arc in this movie too but then we focus on miss Catherine johnson who is able to bring her intellect into correcting mathematics that are being calculated by the ibm machine even correcting mathematics that are required for uh for launch and uh astro navigational uh travel you can't deny that that's some gene next level genius shit right there i mean you got this movie's got everything it's got three of them coming in and battling all these other pieces so not only their intellectual genius but also their genius in traversing all these other you know aspects of society in order to make things happen and to be you know be successful and move move history forward even so um i bring these as this team of geniuses represented by this really beautiful uplifting movie um that you know, is able to not shy away from those problems, but also not give it to the vo- the voice of that's just who they are. They, they they bring their own incredible genius themselves beyond this these societal you know impediments. So that's why I think you know, I think uh, I think Hidden Figures really you know hits the mark on that type of movie that really exemplifies what it means to be genius. I'm intrigued because I think you both explained why your choices are geniuses, but um, I found in researching this topic, a lot of movies about, you know, Alan Turing and Stephen Hawking and those kinds of obvious, you know, tech or inventor genius types. Um, But I'm curious also about movies like Matilda was in the mix. Um, you know, this is just a girl who's really, really smart and happens to have telekinesis. Does that make her a genius? So when narrowing down your choices, how did you view genius? Uh, I leave to you first, question. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's interesting you bring that up because that is a huge part of this is what is genius, really? Like, that is such an interesting question to me because it's always defined by intellectual intellectual specifically academic prowess but there's so many other aspects to what it means to be a genius that i think are really missed and i mean i'm one of the other movies i was considering was august rush which is about a, a, a little kid who's a musical genius um and that is a certainly a perfectly qualifiable way of categorizing genius like you know people like bach and beethoven and mozart that you can't deny that that is that is genius in its own way and i think and i mean in researching this as well yeah there's i think i there's there's are like nine or eight types of intellect intelligence and therefore like areas of genius um i think i hang on i think i have yeah yeah okay so there's a naturalist the nature genius musical genius logical mathematical existential genius so about life 
interpersonal, so people, and intrapersonal, which is yourself, body, linguistic, and spatial. And I think that that's like, there's so, we can think of people in all these different categories that have that level of genius and, and, and ways to exempt. Like I would categorize like, like LeBron James is a, a basketball genius. Like, like there's things like that where that you, we can kind of categorize it. So it's interesting that you, I mean, we, I've, I still went the more classical route of genius, but in a way that's, that's less represented by those other movies, like the imitation game or like the genius uh, show that they did about Einstein about like troubled genius, mm-hmm. where it's more about like, there, there can exist that level of intelligence that it doesn't forsake empathy or doesn't like remove themselves from like, I'm too like Dr. Manhattan, I'm too smart to be a human anymore. Or like, like it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like you are still a human being. You still have to identify like work within the world. Why do you always, all a lot of the movies about genius remove the humanity from them almost in some ways. And I think that like this movie, especially really showcases the humanity of these people as well as their genius which i think is super interesting evan what about um, you well i have to agree with quasi quasi took some of the points that i wanted to make um i mean when quasi had come to me with this i was our i was dumbfounded honestly because um <laughs> some of the other pro- ones that we've had i think are a little bit more um easy to project what i think for you know your personality and what you personally had seen for it um and with the sense of genius like that is all very much of the sense of perception i think there's plenty of people who would say that you know elon musk is a genius compared to a lot of other stuff that he does which is not genius right like the thing is that a genius is such a hard thing to quantify comparably yeah. if we were to look at it right now right we could be considered to be genius to anybody who potentially was in the medieval ages anybody who was in the colonial times even consistently like with knowledge that we have now we would be considered to be genius to maybe people in the 50s and 70s right because the sense of our learning and technology have consistently keep going up and up and up Um, And the other thing that, and so like that becomes a difficult point of like, do I need to find somebody who's so far off into the future that it becomes unquantifiable that Mm. they are not the genius because they already would know everything that people would know in the past and then some comparably for then in bringing, and I was also talking about it with Kwesi, I was like, well, you know, we say genius would be somebody who's smart, right? But what's the one thing that everybody really wants that truly wants happiness? Right. So would a true genius not be somebody who's could break down pi to the 37th number, but somebody who has a perfect life, who's happy, wonderful family, everything that they could want in life. Would that be considered to be true genius because right. they've reached the thing that what everybody wants? And for that, I would have gone with definitely that, that was the point I would have gone with Al Woods, because one, that's a two further genius, really smart, and they also get everything they want. So. Mm-hmm. Done for that. But if we're going to quantify for genius into like the sense of intellect altogether, I was like, got to go off of one person. It's got to be one that pushes themselves and creates an inspiration, not for uh, what is attainable now, but what is considered 
unattainable for even the future and even push for that. I want to have somebody who makes something that challenges everybody so that like, you know, 50 years from now, they go back and look at that movie and go, idiots. They didn't even figure that out. Jeez. What were they like back in 2022? God. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. First of all, there are way more than 37 numbers in pi. You got to, you got to up that number by a few. Can you count me? Can you give me pi all the way to the 10th number? All right, here we go. 3.14159265. That's that's all I know for sure. <laughs> that's six. 1415926567. Seven. Seven numbers. That's all Still. I got. I think 358 is the next one, but I can't be. I'm not a genius. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's like. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's really interesting that despite this discussion which i think is is really cool and i think you know elwoods definitely qualifies under this category um and you know i mentioned matilda i think that would have been an interesting argument but as always you guys make it difficult on me by choosing two scientists that are after world betterment (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true i mean it could have been you could have gone the other way of like genius for evil genius (laughs) that's also Uh, would qualify i think that would certainly qualify that wasn't one of the intelligences but i mean you know there's a lot of different psychopaths that would qualify for that but what is evil i mean is evil not just the world betterment for someone else whose ideas you're not in contine with you know what that's very true that's very true what is evil uh but i feel like beyond like dr evil which is pretty (laughs) grand black and white yeah it's tough to because i mean even like for like even like psychopaths who are you know incredibly manipulative they have to have a very good understanding of inter like how people work in Mm -hmm. order to manipulate them so that's a type of genius that's required for that and you know as you know as dark as that is it's still you know something that we have to kind of understand about the way human beings work and I think Evan, you made you brought a really interesting point about like the the age at which you are you are qualified because there are it's I feel like genius is also relative to that is to the age of which your exception you your exceptionalism showcases like even now Bach is a genius right or like some of these classical components are geniuses because you also have to think about what they created with what they had mm-hmm. right because even. Because even like with hidden figures, like they don't have the computing, the computing powers, even the computers that they ha- they did have were wrong, making mistakes, and yet these women had the ability to bring their intellect and their genius to something that is currently still being solved by computers, and and do it in a way that got people safely to space and back, right? That is that the that type of like. Um, uh, it's it, that's long lasting. Like even if it is like at this, like in our current moment in time, maybe we would be able to do certain things that they they couldn't do. But like the ability to uh, with pen and paper proofread and understand mathematical concepts and astrophysics in a way that does that at that level, truly truly astonishing. And I think that like it, I it with you know future tech it's it's obvious like like that is that's a level of genius in that space and time that's really you know obviously you know incredible and but like even tony stark exists in a world of other like rocket rocket is doing stuff with him 
Like Thor understands mysteries of the universe and unravels that with him. Bruce Banner. It's that it, he is a genius. But he also like plays with like he utilizes the advantages that he has grown up with in order to like really excel from that. And like that and that's and that's great and incredible, you know, still to do things that are, you know, world, you know, empowering and betterment. And yet, but with with hidden figures, you have real real cases of these people who are going through all this adversity and yet able to still bring the grace that they have to, you know, to their uh, to 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 their craft and to their genius. Yeah, I mean, no, that's absolutely true. We, you know, Tony Stark does have advantages, especially from you know their race, their gender. Um, coming from a wealthy family already who has already had that. I mean, I cannot deny that. And in truth, I do have to say that, yes, like me going against these three women in this particular thing is not (laughs) me personally for trying to put them down and all in, in all honesty, like they have achieved much more than many people from my, from my age, I feel has, especially even having yeah. to deal through those times. On the other hand, when we have this, we do have Tony Stark, who as a genius um, has probably, even though, you know, is shown off to be somewhat of a jerk, a dick, definitely says what he means for it, has shown off to be um, much better than any other billionaire philanthropist that is out there at this particular time just handing out mm-hmm. money taking care of children bringing them like taking children and making an entire theme park for science and being like hey kids free come in and learn as much as you want it's under mm-hmm. my bill i'm totally cool with that because i'm that good he's got that cockiness because he knows that he has the money to do it and he has the smarts to being able for that at the same sure. time we do get to watch him struggle within this movie of like someone else has also figured out the element for the powering for that. And it does fall underneath him to have to take care of this nefarious person who also is a genius in their own way for figuring it out, but has used it for terrible means in order to enrich themselves instead of the others. Like Tony's like, if we're going to go off of geniuses, we can't say for the genius that has to be a good person has to be, you know, the best we under like the sense of struggles again are completely different because right. True. We definitely have um, for in your movie for Catherine Johnson, Mary Jackson and Dorothy Vaughn, they are going underneath discrimination and um, sexism. In, even though having some of the top, qualifying minds and analytical geometry but tony stark who is from a fictional universe to be fair has come from a world where he has saved new york he has saved the world from an invasion um saved millions of people um at this time has also saved hundreds of people at the same time with his best friend um uh Colonel Rhodes um, in his own suit that he gives him to be able to defend. And they, we can, so with this, we can see that underneath the different parameters of what would be troubles, it becomes again, uh, hard to quantify, uh, like, you know, people that are differing under real circumstances that we can all understand such as segregation. 
and sexism mm-hmm. to there's a giant robot army that's going to start destroying the city and killing everybody. Like, this is much more difficult, I feel, to be able to relate from one to the other. No, and and I think, yeah, so let's talk about the movies, like, by themselves. We talked about the geniuses within. Let's talk about the movies that they're being portrayed in. Yeah, you you made a little mention about, like, way, what ways that, you know, Iron Man 2 kind of exemplifies that genius. Um, it, do you think that, like, that it there's, you know, that genius is kind of told, like, given the story time it deserves, do you think that, like, it has, you know, that uh, like the ability to kind of showcase that genius in a way that is, you know, furthers the not like furthers the plot, but kind of just like showcases the character in that way. Uh, I think it does because you know there's a, there's a saying that I've heard that there's such a thin line between genius and madness, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, depending on that, depending on what studies you read, there's they, there seems, seems to be some kind of um, confliction between the sense of a higher intellect to those around you for not mm-hmm. being able to understand certain things. And we can definitely see for this one that, you know, for for him, he's going through a tough time because the special arc reactor that he has inside of his chest is starting to poison him. Um, it's mm-hmm. expensive to make. Um, it takes a lot of time, but it's made to make sure that he doesn't die, but it also uses the power up his suit to create his weapons. Um, during this time, he creates this, you know, expo for mm-hmm. people to come and show off of their, to show off, you know, their science stuff. And he gets challenged by someone who had worked with his father a long time, Vanko, who says that his, that Van, that Tony Stark's father had um, discredited his own father and they'd put in the gulag and that his whole world has been ruined because of that. So during this time, Tony goes through a lot of issues, goes into heavy drinking, you know, eventually um, gets a fight with his best friend, Colonel James Rhodes, um, in which they, you know, takes his armor and flies off after kicking the shit out of him in his own house, (laughs) right? And And he ends up getting advice from Nick Fury that he should be able to, um, you know, figure out this puzzle that his father had left him. He just gives him everything. And in that time, Tony sobers up because for him, it's not the, it's not the drinking to help to get away the pain. It's that for him to be able to, he has a real guilt problem of being able, not to being able to solve other people's problems. He, mm-hmm. he has a, a pride issue on being such the smartest person that he has the ability to solve everybody else's problems. So when he can't do that, he goes into a madness and that kind of deal you can see from the first, second, and third movie, it's every time when his genius gets challenged, he goes into a madness until somebody's able to snap him out of it to go into it. Because, you know, that's just his person. He eventually, after getting that stuff from Fury, is able to create a completely new atomic uh, element, which he can use to power his arc reactor and create clean burning energy that could power up so many things in the world power up the world itself for limited costs and bring down prices for um, energy, bring prices down for people being able to have to use that energy. Like, I don't know about you right now. I'm paying probably about $70 a month for my electricity with his probably worth five bucks. 
Oh, and gas too. Goddamn. Oh yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> genius for that. So not only we, not only yeah. does the energy cost being able down becoming more affordable for everybody. Now you also have a clean burning fuel for us to be able to cre- continue rebuilding the atmosphere that we've already burnt a hole in with all of the coal producing power and noxious materials that we have already. So right. now, so he's saving the world again. Not even having to save the world against deadly monsters. He's saving the world from itself, from its own stupidity, and bringing in. The, eco- the ecological uh, I can't say it right now because I'm so excited so um, it. E- <laughs> the ecosystem is saved by Tony Stark again you met you mentioned um you mentioned um uh, Quasi, you got this. What did he mention? <laughs> I mentioned, mentioned a lot of things. You yeah. did mention a lot. The, the the line between genius and madness is fine. I think that's such an interesting quote. What do you think? What like I, I think it's just so fascinating because and the uh, tune in listeners for our post show where I'm sure we'll dive into this very heavily. The it's so interesting what defines that madness, and I think that some parts of it are society, um, parts of it is kind of what what you try to accomplish with your with with your with your talent and your and your intellect like i feel like one interesting example of that right now is kanye west in that like his his i i am of the opinion he is one of the greatest musical minds of a very long time and i think that he, like what his influence and like the way our society is structured around idolization a little bit and the platforms people have you know, in certain cases, kind of give people the opportunity to be pushed into madness in some ways. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so interesting. Like that, that is such an interesting line. Um, in, 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 in Iron Man, you know, like it's, it's partly, you know, in the, in the old, in later movies, it's PTSD, but like there's ways where like he's he, everything that he is inside and it, it catches up to him in some ways and pushes him beyond, you know, what is genius and what is madness and maybe it's also like in under is is he understood in his time maybe that's another level of genius versus mad like madness and that we as a society get to recognize people posthumously for their genius wherein within their time like i think i think it was one of the i think van gogh at during his time wasn't greatly appreciated Mm-mm. um you know, and yet after this, after the fact, we have a society get to look back and be like, "Oh wow, you you crushed it. That was a that was a starry night." You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it 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 feels like that. And that's interesting to to see because in it's kind of sh- like the things that in Hidden Figures limit the genius are not necessarily the they're not mad. Maybe they're mad for some of like, for example, Mary Jackson in the movie, she's trying to go to the school um, to get these classes, but so they only teach white students and her husband's like, you're, you think you're going to get like, this is crazy. You're not going to get in and you get all this stuff. And she's like, watch me like that type of, you know, confidence and, and that trust in your own genius can be perceived as madness throughout your time. Um, but yet it's, it's still kind of, that's like another part of exemplifying like what that genius is, is like in that time, are you appreciated? Are you considered mad? You know, are you considered a witch or anything like all these mm-hmm. other things that, you know, push away that level of genius into the, like for power, for these other reasons, um, societal well, reasons. 
I mean, I think you just hit the nail on the head there, to be fair. In all honesty. About witches? I know. Dude, I know. <laughs> oh, God. You got to be, <laughs> be, be kidding me, especially with that new witch movie coming out on Disney Plus soon. Oh, yeah. But you have to admit that. I'm sorry. I don't think you have to admit. I think we all should have to admit that them taking on uh, the system is a sense of madness. I think most of us especially nowadays it's so easy to be like we could take on the system let's do it i'm gonna tweet that's me <laughs> taking on the system i showed with system and I said something <laughs> and then i showed up to a protest and then so i did yeah. something no these people are actually people to be lauded because they actively took a risk they took the brave stance to say i'm gonna go and do something about this i don't care i'm gonna go and do that uh you know to the the riches go to the brave the spoils of war there we go you know we have to understand that there's always a risk in a lot of things that we take right yeah and these three women did take a very big risk especially during this time and you know what even during that time they were acclaimed for what they had done in that time further on in history as we have progressed we right. have gotten more and more knowledge and showed them the better accol- accolades that they deserve for what they right. got. So, yeah, I could definitely say that taking on the system, especially being of someone of color and of that particular and gender um, against the status quo. Yeah, I guess I could definitely say there's a sense of madness. Mm-hmm. But I'd yeah. also. Oh, go ahead. Well, no. Yeah, you I mean, I was just I'm saying that. He, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. Like, I think that um, it's the when I think maybe what when we think of like the movies around genius, one of the things that I think a lot of them have in common is that you need a moment wherein that genius needs to be challenged to a point where you are you perceived as madness. Like, you need to there needs to be like a level of risk in the, in the trust in your own genius. And then the payoff of that trust later on. I think that that's kind of what qualifies like really good movies about genius. Like uh, the intim- the imitation game was one of my favorites and like depicting Alan Turing's trust in his machine, the risk, like the risks everyone around him took to make it happen. And then them succeeding and cracking the uh, enigma like that. Spoiler alert. Uh, that is like <laughs> one of that. That's the one way that like these movies really exemplify that. And I think that like, I mean, hidden figures are like, you know, the, the trust that you have in, in your own confidence besides these, you know, these horrible rules of segregation, Tony Stark, the trust of, you know, giving up everything, giving up the company, giving everything in order to like really discover something true about his own nature and his, you know, what, what, the purpose kind of was for everything that his, he and his father were trying to build together like that. Like those are like kind of like the places in these movies where you get to see the genius really. And like, in like understand like what it means, like for you to be burdened with what you have and be gifted or burdened with what you have. And then utilizing it in the face of like you trusting yourself in the face of that to, you know, excel and to demonstrate why this is you, you know what what your true you know the, the true nature of your own gifts for sure Damn. yeah I, I mean that's absolutely true especially for tony stark because if tony stark hadn't gone and created that completely new element he wouldn't have been able to create the arc reactor which wouldn't have been able to give him the energy to create the special glove in order to power up 
to defeat Thanos at the very end to save half of the universe that was snapped out of existence. So, in all honesty, like you know, Tony Stark has not only saved the world or the universe; he saved himself. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I I don't want to nitpick, but he saved the entire universe in Endgame, not just the half of the universe. <laughs> hey, Casey, what do you? Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, come um, on. Um, actually, um... <laughs> Casey, you and I have backed each other's points up this entire time. Like we have not dug on each other for being wrong. Like this has not been the same as other times. We have just backed each other up each time. <laughs> well, listen, these are, I, I'm uh Casey. I don't envy your job because this oh, is, uh, man. these are both great films and great geniuses. What do you think? It's always, gosh, it's always so hard because again, you guys were very cordial and backing each other up the whole time. And I think it's, undeniable that all of these people are geniuses i think i give the edge to tony stark because when i think of a movie genius i think of how big you can go and while i appreciate everything the hidden figures ladies did for us and that they were based on real people i think that tony stark is just an ultimate explanation of movie magic and movie genius not just like a person but just the genius of movies in general i mean the entire mcu does not exist without iron man and so i'm gonna give it to evan and and tony stark well you you know what that's first of all well fought we were very cordial i always (laughs) appreciate that um we both have great scientists to thank for these films (laughs) Um, and uh, great creative geniuses that brought it to life. So thank you for everyone who makes movies because it's, I mean, this is a weird spiel I'm going to go into real quick, but I think you're all geniuses. Every single person from Foley artists to VFX artists to everyone who makes these things happen. Holy shit, I love you guys. Mm-hmm. And thank you to all the geniuses uh, in, in the world that bring us the beautiful life we get to live now. So Evan, yep. my good man. You're, you. you're well. Congratulations on winning our first, our premiere episode. I uh, I appreciate that. That's four and zero undefeated streak. Continue oh, going. That is that is a call out. It's a good thing I didn't remember that. Bring it, <laughs> bring it. Anyone wants to challenge me one on one, I I will accept the challenge. Come take my crown. Let's see what happens. The gauntlet has been thrown. I love it. Thank you I'll so much. I'll snap you back. I'll snap you back. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much, Evan, for uh, bringing such a, a good a genius to the table. Uh, uh, thanks Casey, so much for being here for me. Yeah, of course. Casey, thanks so much. You're, again, a hard job, but you do it with such grace. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, a huge thank you to everyone listening. Um, listen. This is such a good chance for us to gab about movies, but we just want to do it for you guys and give us suggestions, anything you guys want to hear us or see, and all you know, we would love to talk about it and let us know what your thoughts are on the best movie geniuses. Um, our thanks so much. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Evan. Um, I'm Quasi Phillips. A thank you to everyone listening, and you can tune in next time as we look into another flame off. We'll keep you posted on that very, very soon. Um, 
For more information about our extra content, our Patreon, for our extended plays and hot takes and drink-alongs, or any extra 24 Flames goodies, you can follow us on social media at 24 Flames Pod and give us a rating on any platform you get your podcasts. And again, 24 Hours of Horror coming at you in October, so stay tuned for that. Partyfish Media is produced by me, Quasi Phillips, Robert Spivak Bohorkas, and Will Paulson. Our show music was created by Rob Joins and Will Paulson. And you can check out our website, partyfish.media. That's partyfish.media. To follow us and any of the other great podcasts like Save the D8 on our platform by following at Partyfish Media on social. Thank you so much, Evan, Casey, listeners. Be true to your own genius. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.